Good, Good morning. morning. <laughs> Afternoon or evening, whatever time it may be for you, but it's morning for us in this particular moment. And Jamie's going to take it away. She's got a topic at the forefront of her mind and heart. So go for it. Yeah. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Jamie, and we're here. I'm here with Daniela. And um, one of the things that has come up in conversation quite a bit in the past uh, week or so um, is midwifery or birth attending um, as an act of love. And um, I think that this is a common theme that comes up anyways, but just in the past few visits that I've done this week and, and um, conversations that I've been a part of, it has, it's kind of been the, the very common thread from, from one conversation to the next of people who don't even know any each other and how they bring this topic up and um and even talking with my own partner the other night about it and um my my husband and uh how it's it's really just such an incredible thing and how um you know, this one woman I was speaking to yesterday, how she said that, you know, she this had her second baby at home a couple of weeks ago and her first baby at the hospital and the first baby at the hospital was fine and lovely and, you know, easy to even almost do it again because it was free, covered by her insurance, you know, she didn't have to pay for for a birth in the hospital and she almost talked herself out of having a home birth because of that. And, um, but then really, um, leaned into the thought of it being family centered about her family, being able to be there, be present even more so than the freedom of being able to do kind of whatever you want, eat, sleep, do whatever, you know, like be in your own space. It was, it was about her family and, and the, and the opportunity to bring her child in, in a state of love and not fear and how she said, I never expected that it would change my life. And here she is one month postpartum and said, you know, like that, that it changed her life because she really did feel loved and respected and not just her, but like her family felt loved and included and honored and respected. And so, um, and that, of course, got me thinking about when, like, what really was the trigger for me to, to really get into this work? Like, what was it, um, about my experience? Because, you know, my first babe was born here in my home and I hemorrhaged and fainted and all the things, um, but I remember laying there in the postpartum bed and just feeling like, wow, people just really need to know that, that it can be different. I mean, yeah, that was a medical intervening that needed to happen yet. It was an act of love. Like I felt like the, the women who were attending me, like they weren't going to just save me to save me. They didn't show up to like do a job they showed up to, to love me into motherhood. And, um, and I always felt that from them, that genuine warmth and that desire to be here with me and my family. And, um, and I, and then again, through another child, and then here I am, um, about to bring another child (laughs) so many years later. And, and that like desire to like love on these mothers and and the children that they're bringing in and how it can be such a catalyst for change in this world that we're swimming in with mental illness and 
um, loneliness and individuality, but also separate to, you know, everybody's like in their nuclear family or feeling lonely or isolated or, you know, and, and that how just a simple act of showing up in pure love as these children come in and what that reflects not only for the mother, but for her family and this, like, it can be generational healing in just a few hours time. Um, so yeah. And like I said, it's so many conversations this week specifically about that. Um, and yeah, that, you know, birth attendants, it really, truly, if you're not bound by the system, and even if you are, you can still show up in pure love. But I think that um, it's easier to show up in love when you're not tethered to a, an authority. <laughs> so uh, you're on, you're on mute. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> My turn. Oh, yeah. Okay. I made so many notes right now because you brought up a bunch of stuff. But yeah, you know, I often find if someone hasn't birthed at home yet and they've birthed in a hospital, you know, they might get some things, but they might, they often don't fully get it, what we're talking about until they go through it. Because there's some things that are just too magical to be encapsulated by the confines of just words alone you know and there I, I mean I think of one mom in particular where she was just planning a hospital birth for her first baby but then COVID hit and that kind of she's like okay well I guess I'll just be at home so I don't have the limitations of guests so you know but honestly she didn't feel too strongly either way kind of thing right but then once she birthed at home she's like oh that's what you meant she's like now I see it right and then she felt very strongly about um, what she believed in um, so that's always really fun to see because it's like you'll you just gotta get to feel it experience it um, and yeah you know it doesn't have to just be like oh you can only have a positive birth if you're at home no that's not it in fact one lady right now um who's due she had her first baby in the hospital and and it was a very medicalized experience the induction classic story all the things took forever blah 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 but she's not traumatized by it you know she's like oh I realize a lot of the things they did weren't actually medically necessary and that's one thing, but she's not traumatized by it. And, and a big part of it seems to be that like they were nice to her at least throughout the whole thing. <laughs> like they just weren't dicks about it. <laughs> so that made a big difference, you know, when, when you're talking about respect and um, just being kind and supportive and yeah, just respectful, like that's it, right? That makes the world of a difference and that, yeah, it is so transformative. And then here's this line where it's like, it's not really about the midwives. It's about birth. Birth is what's transformative for like all the generations to come. But it does matter how the space is held. Right. So that, that is something that midwives tend to do pretty well. I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think I, you know, I like go back to, even the conversations that we've been having about hands off, hands on, all these things, right? And like, what is my ultimate responsibility when I come into this space? And and I I often come back to like, if everything is straightforward and everything's moving along, and I'll, you know, like, yeah, I'm here in case there's an emergency. That's why you are asking me to come because of my experience and know how to deal with emergent situations. But those are so rare. So when you set all that aside, what am I really ultimately here to do? And it is to just love you. Yeah. You know, unconditionally through yeah. all your swearing and 
blood dripping down your legs and yeah. <laughs> wiping your butt. <laughs> yeah. And the bad breath, because by that point, we probably all have bad breath because we've been there for a while. Yeah, and the vomiting <laughs> and, you know, and but but also the like real true raw beauty of like watching partners step up and and be supportive or the three-year-old saying all the right things at the right <laughs> time and like it's that that is like the crux of what I'm here to do is to just love and honor your family as you all transition towards expansion great it's a rite of passage for everyone for all of them so holding yeah. space for them to be able to grow through it instead of just pushed out like they're non-essential personnel. <laughs> right. They're the most essential personnel. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. They're a team. This reminds me of Sayako, right? She's been on the podcast. She's got that awesome episode of breastfeeding check that one out. No idea what number it is. <laughs> it's early, um, early on. Yeah. Early days. Right, you'll have to scroll back quite a bit, but I know she won't mind sharing. She's super open about her stories, um, but this was the birth. I attended her last birth with Lori, but you were there for, I don't know which number, maybe one of them, right, with Lori? That's right, yeah? Yep, yep. And mm -hmm. then, so, you know, when she, she had her first few babies in the hospital, and then maybe the one you were with was maybe the first home birth? Yeah, it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so she talks about, you know, this decision of choosing midwives to be there for her and what was it about it that was important to her. And it, and it wasn't about the, like, well, I just want them there for in, just in case, right? Because the just in case thing, well, that's a slippery slope. That's exactly why people go to the hospital, right? Well, just in case, worst case scenario, I have the most advanced technology available or whatever. Um, but for her, it was more so about being held and witnessed by wise women that's what she really wanted and and she said that's what she felt and being held by you guys and she talks about that particular birth because her and her man were all smitten and she knew like her place is a very small space so you guys are like right there <laughs> next to her and him while they're being all yummy with each other but she wasn't self-conscious about it, like whatever. She's like, you guys were family and it felt so comfortable where she could be intimate like that and know that she was being held. Like the space was held for her to be that way and feel safe doing that and that that was okay and know that that was actually a really important part of this birthing process and family blooming and unfolding for her, right? Mm -hmm. So she, yeah, she's a wise friend, but that was a big lesson from her early on in my um, apprenticeship of her sharing that because I too you know was in a stage of like what am I there for am I just there for like worst case scenario again I'm like well that seems a little reductionist and a little narrow it's like well that's a part of the sure it's a piece of the puzzle but it ain't the whole puzzle <laughs> right we're there for so much more yeah yeah and it's such a gift and such an honor, honestly, to like be able to serve such a wide variety of people and belief systems and all those other things too, because then, you know, relational relationship wise and how we relate to other people, just not our clients, but in the world of like having understanding, compassion, being able to like see through differences or places where you may not meet um, eye to eye on how um, on everything you do, but also being able to set that aside and not let that be the, um, the driving force for building a relationship or separating from a relationship. So that too, of like really being able to love humanity as a whole, it has been like such an amazing gift that this work has brought that I would have never anticipated or even fathomed, honestly. And so that has been such a wonderful opportunity to like explore that, you know, oh, maybe they, how they raise their kids or what, whatever it is, like 
how their relationship is, who they, you know, who they choose or um, whatever. And, and being able to like, not necessarily judge that, but just like, that's where they're at. And then how that informs how I move, get to move through life in general um, with other people. And that's, um, and that too, a, a, an act of love and a service like to, to beyond just the birthing space or whatever. I just think that it's like the unanticipated education and, and beautiful nuance of this opportunity to see people for who they really are and, and being welcomed into those intimate spaces and, and knowing that like my job is to love you through this and we may never see each other again after the six-week mark but that that gift that they give you by having the opportunity to 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 peer into other ways of living or exploring or um I don't know it's a really beautiful thing (laughs) and I think you know to being raised as um you know like I was raised religious. I, I don't identify as religious necessarily, but raised as in a religion um, practice where God is, is love. And so seeing that sort of coming full circle of like my spiritual beliefs of the more you can put that love out there, the more it will grow. Um, and, and so, um, and acting in those ways um, as opposed to out of spite or, um, reaction or, um, or self-judgment that ends up getting sort of, um, um, put into victimhood, all these other things. Right. And so like seeing that some of those beliefs that were instilled upon me through religious practices have carried on into spiritual practices of, um, of this service of loving on people and meeting them where they're at um, and how humbling that can really be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, we, one way that this can really be or become really obvious is well when you think of the opposite of of just resistance or or stress or tension right if if someone's kind of going through something and then you're going to meet them with more fear about it well like that literally does not help even if we're in a situation that does warrant like more attention and consideration um tripping about it ain't gonna make it better right whether it's the provider or right we see I, for some reason I'm thinking about like gestational diabetes where people get like so caught up in this um diagnoses and you know all the risks and and the, you know like oh my gosh my baby is my baby okay and and then the providers are very afraid about it and I'm not going to pretend like there aren't risks and seriously uncontrolled true gestational diabetes but the stress ain't helping <laughs> at all, right? So it's like, let me approach this situation with love and compassion and respect, right? So it's like this place of centered, you know, like what is love? I don't know, so many things, but being able to just be calm and centered and at peace in the moment um, is a part of it, you know? So yeah, being time to work through things it just helps us move along better instead of the tightening up which just creates more stagnation ah yeah and I think about this in this unification of of birth workers and midwives and OBs as opposed to the separatism too of like even that right it's it's hard to not sort of dis the medical model on some levels but at the same time like these are also people who are um, giving a lot of time and energy and 
you know, education requirements, whatever it is that whatever hoops they have to jump through and, and to, instead of like stratify it, like to actually unify this message that like, we're all here really for the same purpose is also, you know, like coming back together and that we all have a role to play and everybody the, the people we serve are a wide variety. And so to be able to offer that wide variety as opposed to putting one over the other, right? Outshining each other as opposed to lifting each other up. Yeah. You know, it's tricky sometimes to, to highlight the importance of one thing without people feeling like you are by default bashing the opposite, you know, right? We see it with like the the breastfeeding support you know it's like oh well if you support breastfeeding that must mean you you shame everyone who formula feeds like that's not what I'm saying I'm (laughs) you know so that's kind of my disclaimer before I say the next thing which is about kind of the use of epidurals again like I've been in situations where I've seen the epidurals used and I'm like this is a perfect use of an epidural like this is really freaking beautiful you know so I've seen that so again I ain't bashing that but I'm I am gonna highlight the fact that you know meeting someone with love right so woman they're in labor they're in the throes of it and they're like beyond themselves and they have no idea how they could possibly carry on and they kind of really wish it would just freaking stop or they're like I just need a break I just need a, like I just need a little break a little moment to you know like there's this moment of like oh overwhelm um and ah, you know in some settings you they might just be like you know just take that epidural it'll give you that chance to to sleep and rest and recharge and blah, blah, blah. And again, I've seen it be very helpful in certain moments, but also that is an opportunity where someone can grow and transform, right? And push beyond a limit that they thought was real, but turns out it's actually not so real and you can go beyond and you are stronger than you thought, right? This is what we're talking about of being so transformational of people realizing, oh, I'm actually really freaking badass (laughs) of, of, that spiritual transformation, the mental growth, the elevation of human consciousness as a collective. <laughs> um, and I'm not joking, I'm laughing, but I'm very serious. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, to meet people in those moments and, and be like, yeah, I know it's crazy, it's wild and you are so powerful and I know you wanna be done and I know you also wanna do this. And look how far you've already come and you've been preparing and you've got this and you are doing so great, right? To uplift them with that love and, and meet them with the compassion of like, yeah, it, this is gnarly and you're doing it. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. oh, it's kind of these uncomfortable edges. And we talked about this, I think last time where it's like, oh, we're kind of our, our modern culture of everything. We're all about... um what's the word uh what's uh convenient convenience <laughs> yeah 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 right <laughs> like, we might not be as used to discomfort as our ancestors were right so ooh, all of a sudden labor kicks in and it's like wow well that's way more intense than life tends to be <laughs> and that's uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whoa. Or that timing wasn't so convenient. (laughs) Yeah, so sitting with the discomfort is a big part of it. So how do you sit with the discomfort? It's like, oh, just one milli moment at a time. (laughs) Right, right. Well, and it's easier to approach that space in love or feeling loved and safe, right? It's, I mean, I don't know that. I don't know about easier, but it's, it, it feels safer. (laughs) I don't know. Even that is like, cause safety is so relative and all those things, but you know, there's, I don't know what the right word wording for it is, but when, when you feel like you're the person, the people around you actually care about your full well-being 
not just an outcome or not just one simple piece or whatever, but this full well-being and getting to know, I think this again goes back to the whole like sort of midwifery birth attendant sort of scope of like getting to really know your families and getting to really know your clients. Um, and so you really can fall in love with them. Like I can genuinely say that like probably all nearly every person I've served, I have, I truly love them. Like I love their family and I love what, you know, who they are. And, and I might not, you know, sort of, I think about sometimes my kids, like, sometimes I love my kids, but sometimes I don't really like them. <laughs> they're being, yeah. you know, so there's, so there are parts that maybe you don't necessarily like about people, but it doesn't mean that you can't love them yeah. through. And, and like I said, at the kind of the beginning of like, you don't have to love every aspect of someone in order to love them, you can, um, but you can look through differences or set certain things aside instead of toss everything out because of one thing that maybe you wouldn't do or you wouldn't normally um, interface with. And of course, again, that's a it's a broad topic. I mean, there's some, there, some things are a definite no. <laughs> Sometimes there is something that is a definite no. Right. Um, Strong, loving, no. <laughs> yeah, totally. Love but, the, but in large part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think that a lot of that comes from doing a lot of like self-work and self-love. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to work through your own shit in order to love more freely um, which is a, which is a big deal. And a lot of this stuff too, right? Like we go back to like, what's trained and what's inherent or how do you avoid burnout? All these different things like these, it all kind of comes back to this like central theme though, of this is an act of love and service and to the self and to the, those you serve. Oh, yeah. I just remembered a fun story because you're making me think of like, well, you know, there's tough love and and that's legit and so powerful, you know, right. like, you know, it's like, yeah, I could go get that for you, but it'd be way more powerful if I don't get it for you and you go learn and find your initiative to go do it for yourself. Right. That's mm -hmm. the I love you so much. I want you to learn how to do this for yourself. <laughs> so, it yeah. Um, it's part of the program for a while where there were recordings of Miss Margaret Smith and she's like I mean she's obviously passed away um, now for those that don't know about her go look her up but she was um, uh, uh, I mean she's very well known she was one of the granny midwives I don't think it's PC to call them granny midwives anymore actually for, but I mean I think they call them grand midwives now Anyways, hard to keep up with all the stuff. <laughs> but this video is her in her like last years of life, just sitting in a circle with all these women sharing her stories. And, and she's talking about how it's so important to, to be kind to the woman in labor and treat them with love and respect. And then one, there was a lady in the crowd who Miss Margaret had been her midwife. And the lady's like, yeah, you say that, but in my labor, like I kept asking you for the watermelon on the table and you wouldn't bring it over. <laughs> and she's like, well, yeah, because I knew if you just got up out of bed, like you would have the baby. <laughs> right. So, so there's that balance to them. Like love looks a lot of different ways sometimes of pushing people to grow. And you said something earlier, Jamie, of like we care about your whole being right back to this holistic care of understanding this ain't just some physical thing and we're not just waiting for you to get to 10 centimeters and that's all we care about and then push and then physical 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 like no that's a piece of the puzzle and we're also so much more than just that right and we know that this will affect your psyche and your Oh, and your spirit for the rest of your life, right? Because we know postpartum depression and psychosis is real. 
and that there's a lot of elements to that. Um, but we do our best to support people in living a, a wholesome life, a wholesome birthing experience, at least in prenatal and postpartum, so that they can integrate that journey into the rest of their lives. Um, yeah, sometimes we got a tough love, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's been times where I've had to, uh, for lack of a better term, tough talk some of the mamas into like, or out of their disbelief and into the reality of like, no, you've got this. Like you, you just have to walk through the fire. <laughs> like you're, you're right there, you know, like there's, there definitely have been times, you know, where I've, I felt like, gosh, I was maybe a little more like, um, like tough mommy on you versus, um yeah versus like the the like softer gentler you know um situation but you know even that yeah like sometimes somebody's gotta like tell you sh shake you out of your disbelief you know um and and sometimes that comes with a little more stern conversation and it's not again you think about when you're <laughs> parents like it it's way it's way more effective when you disappoint your parents than when they're just pissed <laughs> you know? like you don't want to disappoint your parents right and so it's sort of like it's a little bit like those sort of conversations where it's like I'm not going to be disappointed in anything a woman does it's not that it's it's a little different but it's more like you don't want to disappoint yourself Right. And that's <laughs> knowing the woman and what's important to them. And that's why it's so important to spend so much time prenatally and building that relationship. So we know what matters to them and what values they hold and what their goals are so that yeah, when push comes to shove and they're falling apart and we can have these deep conversations to be willing to go there because like we know this matters to you because you told us so much. <laughs> right, right. Right. Even though it seems like you're forgetting right now, like here it is again, just re reminding them. This is the reminder. Yeah. yeah. Just reminding. And we can only push people as much as they're willing to push themselves. But, but you, sometimes that's exactly why we've been hired. So they're like, Hey, when I say, I had someone say that the other day, they're like, Hey, if I say I want to go to the hospital, just know, I don't really mean it. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, okay, I mean, if you really do want to go in, like, that'd be fine. But I understand that there's this place of people wanting to throw in the towel, too, even though that's just like a metaphor for the, the death of this version of yourself so that you can let go and become this new version of yourself. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, to know woman enough um, of their unique intricacies of how they work through things, what are their patterns? How do they deal with challenges? Right. Well, and that's that whole relationship building, right? Again, the, like more than five minute appointments. And, you know, it's why it's hard for a lot of um, birth attendants to take people on at the last minute too, or why they're not going to necessarily give you this big discount because you're didn't do any of the prenatal care or whatever. And it's like, well, it's actually a lot more work when you don't know the person. Oh yeah. Because we are guests in your space as opposed to you coming into our space and we're the authority. We're stepping into your space where you're the authority. And so when we don't know who you are or your boundaries or your beliefs, or we haven't had that time to build that relationship or really fall deeply in love, with with you and how you and your family operate it actually makes it way more challenging on the person holding the space because I mean and the, those things can work out I've had like plenty of last minute clients but those I'm not but, labor together <laughs> yeah I've met people in labor exactly you know but it's not what I would necessarily choose because it is, it is such a different dynamic. And I think that folks, because the mainstream narrative is 
you know, you can just walk into the hospital and anyone will deliver you. Um, and it doesn't really matter, but the reality is that it, it really does matter. <laughs> those, those, um, that dynamic and those relationships do can make a big difference in how everybody walks away from the experience. Yeah. And then also the follow, how the follow-up unfolds as well. So, yeah, it really does matter. Yeah. It really does. Well, trust, right? I mean, to trust each other in those moments. Mm -hmm. I mean, on one hand, you can just trust, but there's a balance of not just blind trust like you do build it up over time that doesn't mean we have to distrust people first and then they have to win the trust over necessarily but but yeah it really does help us figure out how we read the moment and how we read people's body language and like yeah trust is a big part of this love conversation not that I can't love you if I don't trust you sort but it's not as easy though but now it, and that reminds me of that conversation that I had also in Tahiti where they were saying how, uh, you know, the, the grandmother was saying how, you know, Tahitian culture is that like people trust you until you give them a reason not to. Mm -hmm. And a lot of like Western culture is more like, I'm not going to trust you until I, until you give me a reason to, otherwise I'm going to be on eggshells. Or, or cautious and that is more of how we operate in this world is you know you have to give me reason and rationale to trust you because we are very guarded and maybe that's that isolation and that lack of community and all of that 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 we've sort of stepped into um and wouldn't it be great if we could just all trust and love each other unconditionally and not have to worry about any of those things but that's you know and that's fear and fear is um I loved actually that that was the title of Stu and Bliss's podcast this this week was fear is a thief right oh um, <laughs> it is oh my gosh yes and it's the ultimate thief and it's a sneaky sneaky thief you know but oh. um but it can rob you of love it can rob you of um, curiosity and exploration and expansion. Um, and yeah. Yeah. yeah, and ultimately it comes back to that, that love piece too. So, um, I mean, I, I feel like I can, I sort of live a little bit more of the, like, I love you until you give me reason not to in most situations, like I'll, I'm pretty open in that regard, but it, but I, I'm also a product of my upbringing. And so that hasn't come without work. <laughs> right. yeah. So, and, and, and getting burned a few times. Uh -huh. along the way. Right. That's how we learn and refine that skill over time. And there's a place for just the intuition where you know right off the bat, like, uh uh, I can't trust this at all from the get go. There's that. Yeah. <laughs> um and that's the balance of hey, hey back to the tough love you know like I'm not going to pretend like this is okay I'm going to tell you right off the bat it's not okay yeah and this because isn't gonna work I love you as a human being to like be real with you too <laughs> yeah well and love myself enough to not necessarily put myself in a really dicey situation that my gut is saying is not a good situation yeah so yeah and that's hard it's hard to, to to turn people away sometimes because you do you care about them and their outcome but recognizing that it's not the right fit for you to be the person that guides them or ushers them or sits next to them even even if you're just sitting next to them holding their hand or whatever you know it's okay to and that's that act of self-love and boundary and um boundaries yeah. are love <laughs> boundaries are love yeah 
It's true. I know. Same thing. Going back to my kids. I'm like, I don't tell you this to like ruin your fun or like try to be the bad guy or like, I'm not trying to like rain on your parade (laughs) when I tell you certain things, Mm -hmm. but like, I'm telling you these things because I love you and I care about how you move through the world or what experiences you may have that could be avoided otherwise (laughs) so I'm not trying to be an asshole I mean you might think I am right now being (laughs) one but (laughs) But it's because I love you it's because I love you and you're not ready for that or like that really is questionable or yeah you know I'm thinking of Oh, the times we live in, particularly the part where we have this mingle of cultures, right? Because we can fly all over the place and we have people from different parts of the world and countries and different countries and different backgrounds and experiences. And I guess just like shout out to anyone from a country who, as they say, is like a developing country or whatever the more appropriate word is. I mean, I'm from one of those, Venezuela. And I'm thinking about my dad because he is, okay, Venezuela, it, it is really messed up. Like everyone, like you go out in the street and you have to be in high alert because everyone is out to get you. <laughs> like odds are like you're surrounded by a decent amount of thieves at any given moment trying to like steal your purse, your phone, your watch, your ring, your like cut your hair off literally to sell it for extensions. So I, I grew up in Venezuela just a few years, but my dad spent, you know, most of, uh, I mean, up until 20 something years old, he was there. So he was in this like carrying guns and like f- flight or flight mode all the time. Right. And, and he, I mean, he left Venezuela like 25 years ago and he's still in that mode. He doesn't trust anybody. He's got like the, the most epic mistrust issues I've ever witnessed. <laughs> and growing up both of my parents always told me nobody's your friend don't trust anybody and I had to work really hard to work through that one but for a long time I did see it as true um but mostly seeing it also like in Venezuela where like there's a lot of shady shit going on like at a higher ratio than in our community here so we're blessed to be in this context um yeah, I, I don't have a solid way of wrapping that one up. Like it is what it is and you do have to be aware of your surroundings and where, the context of which you happen to be in, whether it's country or or whatever, you're like at some shady party some evening, whatever, you know? Like, yeah, know, know your surroundings too. <laughs> um, yeah, just working on the lessons of having just being grown up of being told to like always guard your heart and everyone is to be distrusted and then I I wish I could find this poem but I can't find it but it was something about you know life always has things that come up and then our our challenge is to be able to keep our heart open every time that doesn't mean that you stay ignorant and pretend like those things don't care or matter or and don't pay attention to them it's like no you still learn from them and maybe you figure out where you do need boundaries but a boundary is also different than like becoming cold-hearted because it's so tempting to do sometimes too just like shut off like I opened up I was so nice and loving and and it wasn't reciprocated and they didn't understand or whatever and it's like I'm just gonna turn my heart into an ice cube and bury it deep in the depths of nowhere <laughs> well, and what's that other quote right it's better to have love and loss than never love at all and there mm-hmm. is in and there really is some some you know I know it's cliche too but it there's a reason why things are cliche yeah. and why you hear them over and over again and it is because it is the greatest gift to experience love and um because it it's also, um, it's for you and for the person and it's for growth and expansion. I mean, we are, 
we are really built to love one another. We really are, you know, um, which is why it feels so right. <laughs> and why sometimes it's hard because some people love many, many people and they don't, they don't have, know how to choose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's my my dad, you know, loved my mom and also loved the woman he was marrying. <laughs> called my mom up and said, why can't I have both of you? <laughs> oh good try good try yes yes it's not the society we live in but it was uh but very funny in that sense that um yeah so it's better to have love and lost than never love at all so yeah so for the record I love my parents (laughs) and I love my parents they don't love each other but (laughs) yeah mine are still figuring it out but yeah love and life and went back to love in midwifery um yeah I think it's also a nice antidote given everything that birth and women and babies and families have undergone for so long too of I mean yeah it feels like a lack of love and the care they've gotten in general I'm obviously generalizing (laughs) but we know that there has been a lot of pain and suffering and um, unrighteousness that's happened um, throughout the development of modern medicine and modern obstetrical care. Um, so there's a lot of pain there too. So like loves the me- the remedy too, to help people work through stuff. Uh, we're yeah, back love, love, is, love is medicine. <laughs> That's right. It's right. Yeah. Well, and isn't it always full circle? That's why I was even saying to, to my husband the other day about the whole like religious upbringing and how it coming back full circle where you know doing this work no matter how you identify with the great spirit or god or whomever you know you identify with if if you identify at all if you have any spirituality you know but just that coming back full circle to like this is how i was raised was to to just like believe and love and that it's reciprocal and that you know the more you put out there the more it comes back and and then really identifying with my work as an act of love and service like that this is my way of being able to like give back to the global community that and and how um you know and I would have never chose it I I really like would have never dreamed in my wildest dreams that this is what I would do, let alone be, you know, good at it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, and yet here I am, and I'm so, so, so deeply grateful for the opportunity to be able to, to, to share love and light and, and, um, you know, diffuse trauma and, back to even again like some of our more recent podcasts about midwifery or um you know attending births as as restorative and as a way of healing a lot of generational stuff and a lot of that is through an act of love Mm -hmm. yeah it sure is and you know we're talking about it because well, it was coming up for you, but I'm glad it was. I mean, we really do have to highlight this whole love each other thing. And I don't know, we live in weird times and there's lots of disconnects and things pushing us away from our nature. Um, but there's that really famous situation. I don't remember the details. You'll have to look it up. But I remember the core stuff, which was... Um, an orphanage somewhere at some point in history <laughs> where a lot the newborns they were dying at like astronomical levels to the point where they started investigating like what's going on this is so bizarre they're like we're feeding the babies they're getting nutrients like it doesn't make sense why are they dying um it might have actually been 
ran by nuns. I don't know. I might have made that part up actually. But the important part was that eventually they figured out that the babies weren't being picked up. They were just in these little ice, like plastic isolates being fed by a bottle, you know, at the right times and getting the right nutrients. But they were just laying there for days on end. So they tried. With no one connecting, right? No, yeah, at all. And the solution was so simple. They had the caretakers pick up the babies and hold the babies every day. Mind-blowing discovery, <laughs> you know? Like, oh, science is so, so smart, you know? They finally discovered human touch is actually important to human survival. It's wow. part of the nutrient it's cocktail. Part of the nutrient that was the missing link. And then the baby started surviving at much better rates, right? So that's a really famous thing that happened, which, you know, sucks that we had to learn that way. It sucks that we somehow couldn't figure that one out. Like, who, how did we forget that? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> how, how did that not, how was it not obvious? Oh, but okay, they figured it out. And now we have this example to inspire others with and remind people of. So when we're talking about love, they say not just being fluffy, duffy, floofy, foofy, or whatever they call this fluffy, hippie stuff. I mean, yeah, sure, maybe. But also, science has quantified it, that human touch, human love um, is what we need to thrive off, right? We're better for it. We're better with it. So, so yeah. Okay. Um, my dog is let the dog out, so I have Okay, sounds like perfect timing anyways. We are nearing the hour mark and that is about how long we <sighs> run these things for. So <laughs> listening, Jamie's now on the run, chasing her. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm back, I'm back. <laughs> oh, she's back, okay. <laughs> is the dog secure? So that's not your sack. He's fine, he's oh, fine. Okay. He's cool. Going and saying hello to the new neighbors. Oh, that's so. <laughs> But yes, this so is a good love. place to wrap it up. He knows where his love is. He knows oh. where he's loved. So he comes back sometimes. Oh. <laughs> he's going so and spreading love, love like, to the yeah, new neighbors. Exactly. <laughs> everybody. Yes. Yes, okay. indeed. Well, thank you for exploring this conversation with me today. Because like I said, it just keeps coming up again and again. And I think it's so important that that's something that we recognize that through all the clinical, you know, work that we do, all the things that we learn about, you know, safety nets and, you know, being keepers of these spaces, that it's really important that love is a big piece of it. Love is probably one of the largest pieces that doesn't really get talked about <laughs> yeah. in in the mainstream of how to care for families during this time and it is such a critical piece of safety it's such a critical piece of of what we're really here to do and that is to usher in this next generation through gentleness through love through kindness and um yeah and it's and it takes practice to be able to to love some people are <laughs> easier to love than others yeah you know but sure. to but to remember that that is such a huge part of what we do because sometimes that's all you're there to do hey i don't care what kind of letters you got behind your name what kind of provider you are like <laughs> If you can't love somebody. <laughs> Come on. Uh, you can have all the clinical. That The clinical stuff doesn't have to suffer or whatever because that's so important to some people. Like, okay, fine, that's your priority, but there's no reason there can't be love in there too. Like, that should also be the priority, the respect, right? 
Okay, I thought it, it was. Like, I have a, a few more thoughts, real quick. Yeah, that yeah that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I reposted this thing the other day that was someone saying something to the effect of, you know, positive birth is just birth. You know, like they're like kind of annoyed. That's like, oh, every time I hear people talking about how positive their birth was in contrast to most people's birth, it's like, oh, well, that's just because you you had a birth. You just had a straightforward birth you had and you were supported by people that just were nice to you and respectful like that's just human human decency like you had decent human being by your side like thank goodness but also why is that so unusual for for people to be treated respectfully in labor it's just normal birth positive birth is just birth <laughs> you stop being rude to people like hey you know you'll have better outcomes with just that change alone right so there's that and then the other thing I was going to say about oh because human touch you know it's like well the traditional midwives you look at all these culture cultures around the world and they always did a massage with the moms and the babies right and nowadays we look at massage like oh some luxury extra edition that some can afford but it ain't really that important what's important is you know, the blood pressure. I'm not saying that's not important. I'm just saying also <laughs> the massage, the skin, the touching, the loving in different ways. Yeah. I was massaging this mom the other day and she's like, oh, this is so nice. And, and then she was kind of surprised that it was happening, but I'm like, well, this is just important as me feeling your pulse right now or talking about your nutrition or your other health stuff. Right. And the, like that's not usually in the modern textbooks about what's important when caring for women. Um, so yeah, let this podcast episode be a reminder of of the love <laughs> um, and inspire you to infuse it in your own unique ways, maybe as your ancestors did. Um, but just don't forget about that along the way, even though sometimes it seems easy to forget about it because it that's not a requirement right I had to get so many things signed off to become a midwife but nobody had to sign off if I was nice or respectful <laughs> or if I loved <laughs> nobody asked me no well except for like one-on-one -on -one with my real preceptors because they're awesome but <laughs> but yeah okay those are my real last thoughts now <laughs> well I loved this conversation and I'm so glad like I said that you were willing to kind of dive down into this with me because it just is so recurring right now it's you know recurring in general but right now it's just come up so many times this week through my clients like I said they've brought their own aspects of what they how they felt or how they envisioned or the reason why it was so important or like the not even realizing it until the hindsight of like mm -hmm. oh you know like yeah I did have a great hospital experience but this was so much different because of the love I felt and and that just reminded me like I said of like I think that was the, really a big catalyst for for me of like when my babies were born you know, of like that love that I felt that like the people here, they care about me and they care about my husband, like they love us mm -hmm. and how that changed my life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It changed, it changed my entire trajectory and, and how just one act of love can, can do that and how powerful that is, so. Yeah, well, mahalo to you, Jamie, for bringing this up. Um, at first I was like, oh, I don't know, like you take the lead, I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but sure, I knew what you meant. Um, so I'm glad we got to explore this one. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and I'm gonna go love up on, on, an, on a mama now. I'm gonna go visit her for her technically her final visit but it's never an end but I'm gonna go love up on her and tell her how amazing she is and 
Yeah. We're going to reflect on all that we, we taught each other and darn it. It's so beautiful. <laughs> oh, oh, this is quite the sappy episode. I love uh-huh. it. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> well, I'm going to go love on somebody who's competing with your due date. Ooh. <laughs> but well, she also knows. Great. You're, you're my woman. She knows this too. <laughs> All right, let's put love up on the woman. I love you, Jamie. All right. I love you. Thank you. Toodaloo. And we love you all. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye.